You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Show right here in SM Media. I'm Scott McPay, delighted to be your host as always. Joined as always by Mark Wilson. Mark, how are we doing? Fine, thanks Scott. Enjoyed the great weekend of football there. It was great stuff to watch. Definitely. Don't have Shankers or Rory this week, but we're joined. We've got a, we've roped in an old pal, Alan Kerr. Kerr's all brilliant to welcome you back onto the show. Thanks very much. Great to be here. Delighted. How excited are you going to be Wilson? It's going to be great. <laughs> Go There'll probably be a few jokes here that you will not get that we won't, but <laughs> I'll be fine. Brilliant. We've got a very special guest in this week's episode. I'm delighted to be joined by the presenter of Quite One Super Scoreboard, Gordon Duncan. Gordon, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you onto the show. Thanks very much for coming on. Well, delighted to be here. Thank you for How having me. How have you been? How's everything been? Good, yeah, can't complain, as the lad said, good weekend of football, uh, soaking it in, and um, you've managed to get me out of the bath time routine for my four-month-old daughter, so this is good, I'd rather talk football than deal with the phantoms, but if you can hear the screaming then, and you see me rushing away, it just means we've got an emergency, but I think we'll be good, I think we'll be fine. Brilliant. We'll, still, we'll kick off with the playoff results that happened over the weekend. There was a few big big results. Wraith beat Dunfermline 2-0 to advance into the, the Premiership playoffs semi-final where they will take on Dundee. Coven Airdrie 1-1 draw. Montrose beat Morton 2-1. Elgin 0, Edinburgh City 1. Trinrar 0, Dumbarton 0. And Kelty advanced to the, the Pyramid playoff final where they'll play Brecon with a 4-1 win on Saturday against Brora, which meant was a 6-1 aggregate win. Wilson, what was the standout result out of those games? Oh, uh, well, it certainly wasn't Elgin. As I'd back them in the staff coupon at work, um, so it certainly wasn't them. I, I, I think you've got to look at Kelty Hearts, to be honest. I think they've had a bit of a raw deal the last couple of seasons, and that's that, that result for me makes a statement. I mean, I don't know if it shows the gap between you know the Highland League and the Lowland League or whatever, but definitely Kelty Hearts deserve their shot at getting into League Two. And you know, going by that performance at the weekend, they've got a fair chance of. Getting something against Breakin, I would imagine. Definitely. Gordon, what stood out to you? If it was the result for that, you would take away and yeah, think, for next week. I think I'd agree with that. The the Kelty Brora one, the spotlight that's been placed on that playoff now because of all the, the the politics and the drama that went on last season, it's incredible. I think if, I mean if you were to put somebody on the spot and say, you know, who was in the the League Two playoff two seasons ago or three seasons ago or four seasons ago. I'm not convinced many people would remember them, but there's been something about this Kelty and Brora quest to get into the SPFL and Breakin's clinging on for, for dear life. I think it's put a bit more of a spotlight on it. People are, are quite interested in it. Um, and some of the, the, the calibre of player actually at that level now, you look at the guys that scored for Kelty, Nathan Austin, big among it, you know, would almost certainly be a top-end championship striker, maybe even do a job at the lower end of the Premiership. You've got the Barry Ferguson factor. Um, and like I say, probably mostly though down to the, the kind of politics from last summer. I think I think that one for me, I had a few few wee personal biases in there. I was keeping an eye on Jim Duffy from with my super scoreboard hat on to see if his Dumbarton side could do something they did not too badly. And do you know what? Wraith play some brilliant football. Like they are to watch. I think they've been definitely one of the best teams in the championship. So I was quite pleased for them. 
it's just it's a hell of an ask for that that kind of third or fourth place team in the championship to to win that, then beat the second place team, then beat the Premiership team. It's a it's a slog, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, definitely. Kelsa, what stood out to you and do you fancy Kelly to, to beat Breakin? I do, I I do. I was keeping an eye on that. And I think it's their time, if you like. As Wilson said there, they've pushed the last couple of years. Uh, and as Gordon said, the other Barry Ferguson element for me is just a winner, isn't he? I think it's I think it's his time. But I was keeping an eye on the Morton result. Obviously with Andy Mullen and Gus being there, mm-hmm. you know, keeping an eye on that. And I've watched them against Hearts at, at Capolo and the Motherwell game. And I've, I've been impressed by them. Hard to beat. Uh, but although didn't go doing too well yesterday, did it? So that was, that was mainly keeping an eye on the Morton game just because of that factor. Yeah, definitely. All the all the, the second legs take place on Tuesday and Wednesday, so we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on them. We'll move on to the two Scottish Cup semi-finals. Firstly, last night, the D United now Hibs two. Brilliant performance, I thought, for Hibs. I thought the front three of Boyle, Nisbet and Boyd were really impressive. Obviously, Nisbet and Boyd get the goals. Gordon, how impressed were you with Hibs? Yeah, I think that was always the case in the build-up, really, wasn't it? For Dundee United to have a chance, you kind of needed the front three to have a bit of an off day. I think that front three causes MD in the league problems. Even even Rangers and Celtic, certainly the, the Dundee Uniteds. Obviously, there was a, a huge slice of luck. It was undeniably offside the second goal. I don't even think it was a particularly difficult one for the assistant. I always like to give. Okay. I, I think as a country, we put far too much emphasis on marginal offsides. I think we get far too upset about them, and we forget about how hard it must be if guys are all kind of running at pace and crossing over and people trying to step up and all the rest of it. But that just wasn't one of them. It's just, it was very simple. Um, and they got it wrong. Anyway, I still think Hibs were good for it. And like you mentioned, you've got Boyle, arguably, is he the best player outside the old firm? Probably, or he, he would enter the discussion anyway. Um, and by the way, Nisbet might be that as well. You're talking about a guy that's chapping on the door at the Euros. So yeah, I think that the firepower just won in the end. I mean, in fairness, Dundee United have got firepower of their own, but Hibs are pretty well oiled and... Uh, I think they sort of lived up to their favourites tag for that one. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Kelso, did you watch the game and what were your thoughts? I've I, I, I seen most of it. Uh, I've been impressed perhaps. I like, I like Newell and obviously Very good. Yeah, Boyle and that that you've mentioned, but I like Newell. Yeah. A lefty in the middle of the part, I like it. Um, I have been impressed perhaps. A few times I've seen them and they're going well. I just, it's, I was kind of looking at their, their away form, not being great, has it? Uh, nah. if they could have brushed up that, nah, you don't know they could have been sitting second at some point yeah. um, but either they've, they've, been, they've been impressive well Sam what's your thoughts on that? obviously but you've, you've said how you've been quite impressed with the front three but do you th- do you think it is a case like Kevin Nisbet I know we spoke a lot about obviously been linked with, with Brentford over the past couple of days do you think he is good enough to go, go and play at that level <sighs> I think I think it's hard to tell. I mean, I, I think there was obviously and it was interest from Birmingham City in January when they signed uh, Cosgrove as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there's probably much more qualified people than me to guess whether he was good enough. But what's that? Is it 13 goals he scored? 18 maybe goals in the league this year? And there'll be nobody many that do that. Um, so he's definitely had a very good season. Whether he makes the Euro squad, I'm still undecided. You know, I've I'd picked my Euro strikers on this. Um, and he, he wasn't included. Now they have three extra places. Then Willie, 
but I was a wee bit disappointed because I actually thought it was a straight shootout between the Nisbet and Shanklin yesterday. And I think Nisbet's just maybe nudged ahead of the queue now, his performance and his goal. Um, so on that, but on the first thing, I, the first thing I, I'm, I'm kind of worried about is that um, Bobby Madden gave a decision to a team in green at Hamden yesterday, which I, I found absolutely shocking. I don't know if Bobby's getting his colourblind test today or not. Um, but I'm sure he'll be hauled over the coals by the SFA and the establishment to decide uh, that he gave Hibs a decision yesterday that, that it wasn't Morelos, Roof or Aribo or someone, you know. He'll be in big trouble, poor man. Brilliant. We'll move on to the second game, the second semi-final today. St. Johnson won 2-1. Kane and Maddow with the goals and McCarthy pulled one back for St. Marin. Wilson, we're going back to a wee while ago where you said, and I quote, Callum Davidson is the worst manager in the league. No. He's now manager of the year. That's, that, that's, that's not, that is not a direct quote. <laughs> what, what I did at the start of the season, um, I tipped him for relegation. Uh, and I'll be honest to say that, I didn't see anything about him in the, when these predictions were done that made me think but again and, and that's as I say uh, Gordon and Alan will be well versed as pundits to know that, that people want to prove you wrong you know you have sometimes have to eat your words um, absolutely I tipped them for relegation and they've they've went on to a cup final won a trophy and finished in the top six um, so you have to say it's some achievement again if you look at both semi-final I think both the favourites went through um, but I mean, even this morning, I put in our chat this morning, I had a wee sneaky feeling St. Martin might, might uh, do something. But I watched from about 25 minutes onwards, and it was pretty much all St. Johnston. Um, I know latterly St. Martin got the goal and then uh, Brophy had a chance um, near the end. But I think the two favourites through, and um, should, should, it should be a good cup final. That. Um, obviously, obviously, with the, the big boys on it, it should be a decent enough cup final. Gordon, do you, obviously, you've and I've been, Monday to Friday you're talking about Scottish football how impressed have you been with Callum Davidson? I mean it is an unbelievable job see if you think we always bring things back to resources in Scottish football but I think you kind of have to right we exist in a pretty weird football and structure where we've got these two superpowers that are just on a completely different financial planet you then get maybe another wee tier of Aberdeens and, and Hibs and, and then really the, the rest and you look at the group of players, I don't think it's disrespectful to say that there's not, there's not too, there's nothing really remarkable in there. They now actually, to be fair, are at a bit of a level where you might think, okay, does Ali McCann go on to the next level? Does Jason Kerr? Does Liam Gordon? Does Jamie McCart? But, but by and large, take today, for instance, Chris Kane, I think about 250 St. Johnston appearances spread over eight years with loan spells at Dumbarton, just kind of always there and, you know, Pops up in a, a semi-final to get the team through to the final. Glenn Middleton, probably not going to cut it at Rangers. A completely forgettable loan spell at Hibs. Then goes to St. Johnson, comes off the bench and, you know, makes an unbelievable contribution to, again, getting the team to the final. The second final of the season, as we know, having already won one of them, I, I, I don't even know how you would sum it up. I mean, he's, he's certainly a worthy manager of the year contender it just it's a shame for him he exists in a, a footballing world that was so obsessed with either getting or stopping 10 in a row and obviously the the, the, the nature of the way that Rangers have gone about it you, you can get you know you get why that the Stephen Gerrard discussion um but uh, honestly if, if there's not clubs having a serious look at Callum Davidson already then they're missing a trick yeah I definitely think I think he's been, he's, he's actually been 
brilliant how yeah. he's coped there. Glenn Middle, and I want to touch on as well, Kerzo. Obviously, he's out he's out there on loan for Rangers. Do you think it do you think he has been written off at Rangers and do you think there maybe as a player there who could can I go further than St. Johnson? I think the fact that he's been out and loan before as well, I, I would say I don't see him fitting in there, if you like, because Rangers have got too much that are there the new that are better. I'm not saying he'll know at the finish up, but he's off a hot and cold for me. Um, although his his goals great, although you could you could see that, but the goalkeeper as well, it's not right in the corner. I know I know that, but his technique for it was was great. Um, I I just think maybe maybe a St. Johnson. You know how sometimes players find a level that might just be his his level, and I I don't know. I I couldn't see him having a sustained run. For Rangers, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Alan, Alan, do you think that's... I mean, we discuss this quite a lot in the show, and I know you're a regular listener. Um, do you think there's a lot of these guys that are just not quite ready or good enough for Rangers and Celtic, but they would be St. Johnson's best player, Kilmarnock's best player, you know, that, that type? Because I, I ask you this, and again, Gordon may correct me, or you may correct me. I always felt that way with Andy Halliday, for example. I know he got a bit of criticism and Rangers were having a tough time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but I felt if Andy Halliday came to Kilmarnock, he'd be Kilmarnock's best player. Aye. You've seen Chris Butts, Kilmarnock's best player at the moment, Kyle Lafferty's best player, Glenn Middleton's doing well at St. Johnson. So these guys maybe just not good enough for the old firm at the moment or have been, but they come down to the teams and as you say, find a level and you know. And that's him. I, I, I would say the key thing for it is you need a run of games. You know. Two or three games is no use. You need seven, eight, nine and above to prove whether you're, you're going to be good enough. And he's, he's not had that chance and I don't think he'll get it. But I know what you're saying there. I, people find a level, as you say, Andy Halliday, at Kilmarnock would be it's, it's, again, I go back to that. You need, you need a run of games before you can prove whether you're good enough to play it. And maybe he's going to get that at St. Johnson now. You don't know. But for me, it's just two stops that for him at the minute. I don't know. I don't know why it is. Yeah. When you look, when you look, you look how well Rangers have done this season in the league. So it's even hard for the likes of Defoe to get a run of games, Eaton yeah. to get a run of games. These guys and these guys have been over the course. We're glad Middle still a young man. I know. That's the thing as well. Roof's not necessarily a starter every week. You know, and how hard it must be to get in that team if you're behind that group of players, you know. Uh, he's got time on his side, but as I say, I think the fact that he's been out, is it twice? And one before that, yeah. Gordon? Yeah, I said Hibs last, uh, was that last season they went to Hibs, yeah. Aye. When you're, when you're looking at a third spell, I, 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 for me, personally, I think the writing's on the wall. That's the way I would take it. Rightly or wrongly, I don't know, you know. But again, I'll go back to the key is you need a run of games and you'll not get that there at the moment. Definitely. Right, we'll go through, we'll go round the, around the call. Who do we think wins the Scottish Cup final? Gordon, who you got? Henderson Johnson? Well, it is really tough. I mean, I, I'll just throw out, if you want a name, I would just, I'll just go Hibs for the firepower, but, because I don't like sitting in the fence, but, that's, that, I mean, it is tough. And look, St. Johnson obviously beat them in the, the previous semi-final. I think they're really well matched, which makes, you know, for a neutral, it's brilliant. It's a nice novelty. No Celtic or Rangers, the vast majority of the country, can just enjoy the spectacle, pick a team if they want and, and hope it provides drama. Yeah, I think if Hibs front three are on it, 
they, they might nick it, but oh, fuck, yeah, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see St. Johnson do it. Yeah, it's going to be a really good game. Wilson, who, who are we thinking? I'll go Hubs just for Craig Samson. Yeah, I think he's the brains behind the whole outfit up there, to be honest. <laughs> I think he's the man that pulls Jack Ross's strings, so I'll go for Hubs. Kerzo, who you got? I'm, I'm going for Hubs. I've just got too much quality, as Gordon says, up top for me. The goals, when is but in Dodge, I was just saying this earlier, finishes the passing, passing that into the, the net for me is great. You know, there's no... There's, it's all about composure there's no snatching there's no trying to take the paint off the ball as I always say to boys it's just great, two great finishes passing the side fat into the net that's that's it I think they've got too much quality to be honest for St Johnson but <laughs> you never know you never well, know don't you know you mentioned the big big Xander Clark's my neighbour so I want to see if any of the after party makes its way to this street so maybe <laughs> maybe I'll just go for him a bit of, a bit of neighbourhood bias maybe I'll uh, I'll stick him in the frame. Maybe he'll come up and actually score this time rather than just getting an assist. But I'll send me his number, Gordon, will you? Give him an honourable mention. <laughs> Brilliant. We'll move on to talking about your, about, about your career, Gordon, as well. Obviously, you, you grew up a Motherwell fan. What were your favourite memories kind of growing up and following Motherwell? There must be some good players in there as well that you grew up as heroes. If you support teams like that, it's always a roller coaster, isn't it? I mean, like if I think back to like the first. I can't even remember who the first game I went to was against. I know I was a kid and I fell asleep, which maybe tells you a little bit about the, the kind of standard. And then after that, one of the first, the other kind of early memories is losing a League Cup penalty shootout to Aloha at Firth Park. And you think, why on earth did you stick with that? Like, why did you not just ditch it right there and then? Um, but a uh, roller coaster. Um, I mean, you're right. I just, I just kind of grew up like two streets down for Firth Park. My primary school was next door to Firth Park. I was just always like seduced by the full things, even able to just see the stadium all the time and whatever. And then, um, I think, you know, when you're proper young, it's maybe just guys that you're kind of told to like. Do you know what I mean? Like, I always, always would say, like, oh, Dougie Arnott. But I was probably, when I was too young, you'd really know who was good. He could have been hopeless, but I was probably told to like him. He's a diving me get. That's <laughs> that type of thing. I think, you know, when you're proper, the first team I remember, like, really having a bit of an appreciation for would be just at the kind of turn 2000. Um, and I started going to games a bit more often. Keeping, I kind of like Lee McCulloch, John Spencer, that team. But then when I'm at an age of going every week and being obsessed with it and really having an idea, that's when a young James McFadden is making his debut. So it's just an absolute standout. I think it would be for a lot of Motherwell fans of varying ages anyway, but particularly my age group, you're talking about watching a guy break through when I was like, say, 10, 11, whatever. So then you're you're obsessed and then you watch him grow, watch him leave, and then you really get your own ideas of like what a good player is and stuff like that. So... Ah, it's, it's him by a mile. So you just, I know it's a kind of worn out cliche, but not even forget about consistency or whatever. Just, just the notion of somebody that just excites you, like just, just an air of anticipation when they got on the ball, and I kind of carried that on. Like that, that, that's what also got me into, to, to watching Scotland. Really, see once he started getting Scotland caps, that's when me and my mate started going purely because he was like, he was ours, if you like, mm-hmm. and even like we'd, we'd keep an eye for thereafter. And I always remember, sorry, I've got a tendency to go off on tangents here, so if this keeps happening, just mute me or whatever. <laughs> but I remember, I've now been lucky enough to kind of get to know him, had him on the show, interviewed him loads, played five sides against him, which is really weird, like, having all these, like when he nutmegs you and you think, yeah, of course he did. Um, but I remember him t- telling a story when I interviewed him on a Scotland podcast, and he, he said that 
when he used to pick up the ball at Hamden, when he got the ball at his feet in a Scotland game at Hamden, he could hear this plastic seats snapping back into position as the right. fans were all standing up in expectation. And he loved that and he would thrive on it. And I was sitting there like, I had hairs in the back of my neck when he's talking about that, goosebumps thinking, that's amazing. Like, how many players would give you that, like, oh, no, I'm just focusing the game. I don't notice what goes on in the stand. Not only was he noticing, he was saying that, honestly, he could distinguish that noise of all the seats snapping back, which meant people were on their feet, which meant they were expecting him to make something happen. And I just loved that. And that, that just, that was me as, as a kind of 10-year-old. Um, but enough of that faddy loving. <laughs> Brilliant. Was it always your plan to get involved in like journalism? Was, was that always a plan coming yeah. in school? Yeah, I think as, as for as long as I can re- realistically remember. I mean, I, I sort of, you wouldn't even have called it an academy then, would you? It would have been a kind of pro youth thing. I played up at Fur Park, up at Motherwell when I was like 11, 12, and it's straight away that once it got to like that stage, I knew playing football was never an op- a realistic option. So talking about it seemed like the next best thing. And I, as, as long as I can remember, I then kind of started roughly because you're, you're still young but gearing kind of school subjects towards that stuff and as soon as I was old enough to do any sort of work experience and whatever else um, and then I did a postgrad in, at uni so I was probably from kind of mid-teens onwards certainly I is kind of always what I wanted to do. Obviously you get the presenting job at Super Scoreboard but before that you're kind of travelling around the grounds like how much yeah. did you enjoy that like what was yeah. the kind of best memories for that? Absolutely loved it honestly like I just felt like just proper loved everything about Scottish football then and just got to like soak it in and I felt like I just knew everything about every team because I was just seeing them. You know, there's no real substitute for that. Eh? You can like Google things or look up results, but see just like being there and seeing who plays and who plays where and what teams are like and just even me daft things. Like a Facebook memory of mine popped up the other day and it was like, I think it was Dunfermline, would it have been Dunfermline Wraith? It would be like the Derby at East End Park and uh, I think there was 11,000 there. Just, ridiculous you know and I remember and it was Sammy the Tammy the Dunfermline mascot came out with a cardboard fake cardboard tank and he was pretending to shoot the opposition fans and in true Scottish football fashion he got like he got in deep shit for it or whatever <laughs> probably sacked the poor guy um, so just seeing like the wee games that like probably don't hit home on like a national media level like barely get any attention um, then some good memories of like being able to get paid to watch my own team, which was lovely. Um, and then the kind of, you know, the massive standout moments are like New Camp, Celtic, Champions League, Lee Griffiths, two free kicks against England, totally losing all sense of professional pride and going fucking mental in the press box, like embarrassing. Like, see, I, I'd hate to look back on it. I was like jumping up and down, running back and forward, like Gary Neville and Martin Tyler were sitting like, directly in front of me. And just, that was just like nothing I've ever seen. Like Hamden was just moving. So there have been loads, you know, like can, just being involved at the kind of, the journey as the Rangers fans would call it, some mad, mad days. Like, like honestly, going to like, I remember Jim, Jim Duffy and I get sent to Elgin, Elgin Rangers. And did Elgin not do something mental? Like they sold too many tickets. They were trying to like make extra money by like cramming like too many people in or something. So I think when the game eventually went ahead or something was up there, and these clubs obviously don't have like press real press facilities, and then all of a sudden all the Glasgow press rock up. So they had me and Jim Duffy sitting like I was behind him, like directly behind him, and I'm supposed to be like talking to him, like you know, like on the show, like asking him, and I was just staring at the back of his head. It was just. Just surreal, like those games, and um, I. But do you know what? I got it allowed me to tick off 
most of the grounds in the SPFL. So never a dull day. I absolutely loved it. And then obviously you move on to be the presenter as well. Obviously, like a Hugh Keevans, Gordon Dale, there's a there's a great uh, there's some great characters on it. Did you obviously like feel the pressure of going on to like a, an institution? Well, like as an institution, kind of show. Ultimately, it is. I, I mean, yeah. I think the pressure sort of came. I think before there was a period where I had been like offered the job, and then starting, and that would be so. I got off almost like a football off season. I got offered it near the end of the season in the May, then wouldn't have started to the end of July. That was probably the bit where I felt the pressure. I remember getting offered the job, and like my wife is in the car and stuff, and the phone on the loudspeaker. And, I felt like she was more excited than I was. I was just shitting myself. Like, that's just in my nature where straight away I was like, oh, God, like, you're right, like, as an institution, like, what if I'm making arse of this? Like, what if everybody hates it? Like, what if nobody, like, all the kind of usual thoughts go through your head. Just realised, like, far too good. And, you know, whilst having that, I was never going to turn it down. And um, I think that, I that's where the, I think that's where the sort of pressure was felt, you know, just like fear of, fear of failure, I guess. I'm not, like, too ashamed to admit that. And um, uh, this sounds a bit cheesy, but I always say to people, like, quite lucky because I'm, I'm, I think that shows you I'm actually not that confident or maybe as confident as people would expect for somebody that has to kind of put themselves out there all the time. But actually, when it comes to just being there and putting that mic on, that's when everything disappears from me. So, like, the first moment, two minutes past six, 31st of July, 2017, theme tune ends, mic goes on and boom, that's it. Sigh of relief and, and just go. And then take it for there so the pressure on that all kind of think was felt a wee bit before there was a lot a wee bit made as well like if you're talking about pressure I don't think it made much difference but it was like I think I, I think I was by some distance the youngest presenter the show had ever had I think it would have been what, 27 at 26 27 at the time and so like when they were like announcing it and stuff which is so weird there's like a PR company involved in like writing a press release and there was like they were almost like negotiating with me like what do you think like do you want it to be about how you're the youngest ever host? Or And the guy was saying, in my opinion, I think we should take that out. I think, you know, it should speak for itself that they think you're up to doing the job. Let's not, like, focus on your age and whatever. It was just all a bit surreal. I was just like, I don't really know. I'm not really bothered. I think everybody knows I'm young and uh, crack on. So, like I say, I think before it, the pressure, but pff, what can you do? You still get dogs abused to this day, so you can't please everybody. There's some brilliant, like, calls you must have to deal with, like, every day. Like, what's, what's a call that sticks out to you that you'll never forget that's just barmy? Yeah, I think it's probably the range, so if I can do more than one. It's, it's that sort of, like, obviously, the people tune in for the madness, right? There's no doubt about that. Like, people totally tune in for for the chaos, for the madness. And uh, I don't know what your swearing policy is on here. I don't know if... Why if uh, and it, by the way, every time I do one of these podcasts, nobody ever tweets me and says, that was brilliant, I really enjoyed hearing from you. They just tweet me and say, I didn't know you swore. I can't believe I heard you swear. <laughs> so basically, the, the one that would stick out would be one that never made it to air, and it was when a, a caller called Scott Brown a cunt live on air. However, I do have the magic dump button, which, which makes that stuff disappear. So it, the story goes, he phones in, I've, I've had told this before, so the boy phones in, he's a Rangers fan, and he says, um, I'm telling you, something up with us Rangers midfield, you know, you know we, need a, we need a winner in there. And, he's, and I can kind of see where it's going. And he's like, do you know what we need in there? Now, I'm not saying I like the cunt, but we need a Scott Brown, right? And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, same thing, because we get swearers, swearers quite a lot, but it's always the same. Always the same panic. You're like, <clears throat> and then you, just a couple of wee things you need to do, like pull their mic down and then press the dump button. And because we 
broadcast in an eight-second delay. Yeah. As long as I press that button within the eight seconds, it will never it will never go out on air. But I still hear it. The pundits still hear it. The producer hears it. So I'm always looking at the pundits, like, and then we will kind of start laughing. But as soon as I press that button, we are then very much live. That eight seconds is gone. Yeah. We're we're like back in the moment, if you like. So if you you want to laugh, but you can't you can't really because you the listener will never will never know what's going on. The extra bizarre thing about that is I remember going and playing fives the next morning, came back out, turned my phone back on, like dozens of like missed calls, messages, even I'm like, oh no, like just you know that way, you just know what have I done? Roger Hanna, who's on the show, works at the Scottish Sun, missed call from the phone and back. He's like, did they somebody call Scott Brown a cunt last night? And I was like, I how'd you know that? Though? I, I dumped it and he says it's not been taking out the podcast. He says if you listen to the podcast, that's still in it. So it didn't go out live on the show, but if you listen back, as thousands of people do, because loads of people just do it the next day, yeah. it's still in the podcast. And Roger said, because I've just had a, an email in from our digital desk with our like schedule for the day, and it says, like, listen, a super scoreboard caller calls Scott Brown, I can't live on air. And I was like, you're joking me. I was like, Roger, please, like, just make that disappear. Like, just do it, just please. And it did, I don't think it ever made the sun. And uh, the producer who forgot to cut out the podcast got his backside felt, put it that way. Do you obviously as well, like the, the kind of relationship you've got with like Hugh Keevan and Gondell, I think it's brilliant. I think it's one of the best things about the show. Like how how good is it for you to have been on with those guys? It is good. I mean, I think that that was always, I think it is important kind of looking back on it. I never had any preconceptions as to like mm. how I would do it or, or what I would do. I think now looking back, I think the, a lot of it just revolves around the personal relationships that, that we all have. Um, I, I don't know. I, again, I, I'm not saying that my way is the only way and, and everybody can like it. I know loads of people hate it and, and, and won't want to listen, but but for me, I think radio as a, as a, as a medium above everything else is about that sort of familiarity. You know, people like mm-hmm. to sort of feel a wee bit like they know you and like kind of what's going on or oh, I remember he said that and, and, he, and he, oh, you know and he'll throw in wee things about his grandkids and Gordon will talk about how he's been divorced four times and you know Mark Wilson we slag him about the, the breaking thing and I think that's important see when we'll always have discussions about like you know new pundits or who could we get on or whatever and honestly see like right up there with like football knowledge and ability to speak right up there I would put ability to laugh at yourself I think it's so important it's so and I like that about the pundits Mark Wilson's played in the Champions League he's played in 18 old firm games and yet we can be like remember you at Brecon you are absolutely minging and like he'll laugh at it it would be very easy for him to kind of give it you know I've played in the Champions League like with like with you know sort of thing but most of the guys in fact all of them they've got that great ability to laugh at themselves so I love that and it it's just a bit of it's a mix if they were all the same. I don't think it would work. It's a bit like any workplace. Hugh is Hugh. How do you, he's, a, he's a unique individual. He's obviously been there, seen it, done it, very articulate and you know, the, the, way, the way he speaks and so on. Gordon DL comes into being very much the joker. You've got kind of Mark and Alex who've maybe played the game a bit more recently. Roger Hanna and providing that kind of journalistic feel. Jim Duffy would come into that kind of, what's that classic cliche of being a a proper football man, like, do you know what I mean? So I just feel like there's that that mix, and you don't you don't need to like them all individually, but I just feel like it kind of comes together to have a, a pretty good blend. Like I say, you can't please everybody. If they think it's rubbish, fine. But well, no, I'll be honest, I, I love the way you cut full graph. 
<laughs> you can hear somebody going away on a tangent and all, and then you just cut them dead. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's. Do you know what? And that, that's the thing. Like, like that's what I'm there for, and that's what I'm there for is to just make those snap second judgments. And again, like, see, if people don't like it. I'm, I'm cool with that. I just want people to know that it's always well intentioned. I just think that you know the way we talk about football here, right? And especially all the kind of the sort of the bias thing and the conspiracies and the, the way we'll go on. Like, people could gen will we'll go anywhere. You know, and go off, and, and people then think that if I can nip that in the bud, oh, I look at him, he, oh, he, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't want to hear about Rangers being liquidated, eh? or that's because he's a big Celtic man, and it's like, no, what we're, it's because we're talking here about who's a good holding midfielder, and then you both started talking about liquidation for 2012, and I just like to try and keep the conversation kind of relevant right. and sensible, and then it's about kind of. Again, I didn't need to judge the moments when to let that happen because I think, right, this might be funny and we might get a bit of controversy here. So it's just a constant... I'm just constantly having to make those snap judgments and just trying my best. I've never really, like, had any, like I said, the other preconceptions. It's just about what feels right at the time to try and steer the, the conversation a certain way. People always think it's for some sort of, like, sinister reason and it literally never is. It's just me just, try, just trying my best. Wilson, have you ever phoned Dan? No, absolutely. I wouldn't want to interrupt Gordon at our work. And I just, just want to clarify, I just want to clarify for our listeners that I'm not the Mark Wilson that Gordon's <laughs> about. Um, I only played 17 times in the Champions League in my career. So just in case there's, there's any mix up there. But no, I, I, I agree with Alan. Like, and as I think it's and we, we had we've had this discussion with Scott as being the host. You have to sit, or you said at the beginning of it, um, you know, you don't like sitting on the fence, but yeah. you as a presenter kind of have to sit on the fence, yeah. you know, unless it's an absolutely absurd call. So just say, for example, you've got uh, Matt Wilson and Alex Ray on, and we know what side of the fence they both will fall on. Do you find it very difficult, even though you maybe have an opinion on it, but mm -hmm. you're not really going to say it? Uh yeah, but it's weird how automatic I'll, I'll end up arguing opinions that I actually don't even have. I find myself doing that all the time. It's more often if it's like, if I find that both pundits, if for whatever reason I feel like they're both on the same side, then I think, right, well, I need to go the and I need to be the opposite rather than, than those two. And you're right about, you know, the way that can be perceived. So um, take, for example, by the house bookies, I know I shouldn't have just glanced at my phone when we are being very serious and in the middle, but Mark Wilson has just texted me this very minute. It's quite spooky, by the way. I think he knows we're talking about him and he's got a namesake on the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> that. Um, he would love to meet me as well. I mean, he's always said that. He's he would love to meet me. Um, yeah, so like, for instance, like, I don't know, um, say a hotly debated one, I don't know, say it's Alfredo Morelos and his temperament, right? And say, Hugh Evans and Mark Wilson are saying like, do you know what? It's too much. Like, he's, you can't rely on this guy. It's, it's out of the order. It's one too many. You know, Rangers should cash in, get rid of him. Wh whether I agreed with that or not, I don't even think about whether I agree with it or not. I just think, oh, hold on a minute, you know, well, he, whatever it might be, he's only young. Is there not still scope for him to learn? What a great player he is. Would you be taking some of that out of his game? Like, do we not go overboard that culturally he's from a different background? I might not even really believe in those things. Mm -hmm but it's just about trying to provide a bit of balance. But then inevitably what happens then is, of course, I'll get accused, oh, look at this, he's a Rangers cheerleader, he's sucking up to Morelos or whatever it is. But like I said, it, it's it's never it's never the case. I just, whatever I can, my priority is always just to get the best conversation going. I don't know whether it works or not, but I try my best. 
Definitely. Wilson, you've obviously got your, your questions fired away. You want me to do this then? Aye, on you go, aye. I don't want to put... So, I've got a few kind of g- generic ones now. Again, Gordon, apologies. We thought you were older than us, to be fair. I know, I think these are before my time. I'll be there. I'll, I'll, I'll be done before Alan's time because I've done for the black and white <laughs> televisions. <laughs> um, but with your, with your vast knowledge, I'm sure you'll be fine. And there might be there might be one or two about your co-hosts as well that I'm sure you'll be able to answer. Um, so what, I'll ask I'll ask the question. I'll give you a couple of seconds or minutes or so, and then you can give me your answers, and I'll tell you who's right or wrong. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. So what are we? Are we just shouting them out, or no? No. I'll just I'll ask the question. Have a wee think. Then I'll get your answers, and I'll tell you if that's right okay. or wrong. Don't want you writing stuff down. It's a Sunday night. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Here we go. In 1995, the League Cup final, what was unique about the winners? That's the Scottish League Cup final. What was unique about the winners? Right, I was six at the time, so this will be good fun. <laughs> I mean, Scott, I can I'm fill in with the audience just now and tell I'm them. I'm a team Wilson. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, there you go. That's that, that's the knowledge you need, Gordon, on the show. I, I, I knew Aberdeen won it, but I just don't know what's unique about them. I haven't got Alan on super scoreboard 100%. <laughs> knowledge this guy has is phenomenal. Uh, I think I get this. I think I, I think I know it, but I think I could if it's was it the first ever Coca Cola Cup final? Was that but no? Was it the first time a foreign manager won the trophy? God, would you like to hazard a guess? That was at that time when they were dishing out bikes for Man of the Match Award. That's what I've got in my head. Is like, was it, was that's it, the answer, isn't it? No, no, that's the answer. answer. I, I remember that, I remember that. Was it Stephen Glass, actually? That's who I've got in my head, somebody with a bike. Anyway, um, so I know the kind of era, I can picture the team that stripped the bike. What would have been unique about them? That didn't they, unique about the winners? Nah, you only put me out of misery. Mm. Is you got that one, Kelso? 
I'll let him answer first, because I've answered first the last two. Correct. Great, Pikey. Get your Google. Stop typing. Ross County. Gordon. 15-16. Was you no born then, no? No, I was born then, just... <laughs> I try to think straight down. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, oh my goodness! Maybe it's Ross County, no? Alan, Inverness, Dundee United. Oh, <laughs> That's so, beat the pundit must be pimps, man. I'm on it tomorrow. Get me right through, Gordon, tomorrow. Years <laughs> are... Come on, years. You, they're difficult. Me 80s questions, I'd have got them. Right, here, here's one for Gordon. He'll know this. How many goals did Gary McAllister score for Scotland? What? The big tap in army, man. Come on. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, nah, that'll be a relatively low number because I know 50, that... 57 caps. All right, so you're probably looking, I'd still say it's less than 10 goals, isn't it? Um, eight, 12. Alan, I've got 11 in my head. Five, just nah, I knew it would be low. Like, five, five. so if you look through the list of our top scorers, it's, it's pretty grim. I mean, it's. <laughs> Is Kenny Douglas not all about 30 or something? Aye. Aye. Back to my specialist subject earlier, I remember like McFadden had like 13 and that was like, like it's, no, it's not a million miles off. You know, I, know. You know, I think Stephen... It just, you know, just shows you. To, to be fair, the questions are tough because Shankers and Rory that are regular contributors to the show are unbelievable football anorics. I think you give them the answer. They're a wee bit tougher. Right, okay, here we go. In 2012-13 season, who was Rangers' top scorer in all competitions? Right, I would say... Uh, is it Andy Little? Alan? I, I think it's Andy Little. I should know this. And if it's not, I think I know the other one. So do I. Jankers would know it straight away with his encyclopedic knowledge of all things Rangers. <laughs> Because I know that him and A and other were head-to-head sort of thing going for it. I'll go with Andy Little. But... The, other, the other name is Lee McCulloch. Yeah, I think it's either Little Andy Little was top league scorer. Lee McCulloch right. was top scorer in all competitions with 26. <coughs> but I'm sort of going head-to-head for it. I'll give you no points for that. You got it wrong. Right. <laughs> Question six. This is one. How much did Celtic pay for Mark Wilson when he left on the United? A bag of balls. <laughs> it can't have been much. One million. I think oh, it's one. It must one, have been less. One point two. Oh God, is it as much as that? I was going to say a couple hundred grand. One million. It must have been less. One point two. He says. No, I, I think it is. I, I, I remember it was in the million. Is it? I, I think so. I've never bragged about that. That's interesting. Just put me out of my misery. I'd have thought a couple hundred grand. Half a million. £500,000. I was going to say four, but I still would have been wrong. So, no. Nah, no, nah, he's worth that, maybe. You're really good at this. That's nothing at seven. <laughs> uh, right. 
Gordon, you realize that means you've, we can just blame you. See if it's that bad. That means you've pitched the questions at the wrong time. As I say, I'm used to those two anoraks that are on here, so I need to change it. <laughs> Listen, there are anoraks, right? Nobody knows how much Celtic paid for Mark Wilson, believe me. <laughs> well, just before he texts me, Gordon, he asked me, he asked that question. <laughs> you, so. Right, Gordon Dale played for Rangers, Manchester City, Wraith Rovers and Air United. Can you name another two Scottish league clubs that he played for? Partick Thistle and East Stirling. Scott? Mm, Partick Thistle and East Stirling. Alan? Partick Thistle and East Stirling. <laughs> well done, that was good. They just copied me because I sounded so confident. Exactly, I know you need to. I knew he played for Partick Thistle, but East Stirling, I would have got. Right, okay. Alex Ray played 585 games in his career. How many goals did he score? Now I've got a choice of three. I've got a choice of three, Gordon. Right. Right. Was it 114? Uh-huh. Was it 124? Or was it 134? See again, I don't care who your football anoraks are. Nobody knows the answer to this question. <laughs> Nobody knows this. Alex might not even know this. Mark Shanklin would know the answer to this because he played with eight. I'm telling you, he would know this. There's only 10 between options two and three. <laughs> uh, I'll go the middle one right down the middle. I know he had a decent return at various spells, 124 or whatever it was. I'll, I'll go 114. You just go for the third one, will you? And see 114 I'm going for as well. 114 it was, aye. <laughs> <laughs> And again, again, I thought my audience was different. I didn't have time to change the questions. This was for Shankers as well. In the 2018 Scottish Cup semi-final, what minute and who came on? What minute was Andy Halliday subbed off for and who came on for him? Right, I think it was like 43, wasn't it? 43, just before half-time. A big Rangers fan would certainly know who came on. Uh, I think I was there as well. We were trying to out you, Gordon. That's why we asked that. We're trying to out you. <laughs> I'm pretending I don't know. Actually, I really know exactly who it was. Uh, I was there. I think they fought 41, 43, just before half time. 41 or something. And then I uh, think yeah. I know who it was that came on. I don't know. Who, who would you go for? Who would you guess? I think it's Josh Wandas. Alan, any advance? I would say 44 and Barry Mackay. 41. Yeah, I said 41. And 41. Josh Windass. I think between us, we kind of got there. I, well, I would give you that. I would give you that. And then the last one, again, I apologise for the audience that were meant to be different. Since Stephen Gerrard's command to Rangers, how many penalties have they had in the league? <laughs> <laughs> so bearing in mind, when Walter Smith was a manager over two spells, they get two penalties, I think, in 15 seasons. How many? How many have they had since 2018? Bobby Madden knows the answer. <laughs> Twenty-four. Twenty-two. Twenty-nine. Yeah, so what? I guess that is twenty-three. <laughs> but hey, there's still a couple of games to go. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's that's the ten questions. You 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 know They were the most. Difficult questions I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but again, I apologise, Gordon, for, for those other two anoraks. They, they would have got about eight out of ten with those 
I need, to, I need to meet these guys because I know a lot of big Rangers fans and I'm still not sure they would know exactly how many penalties they did in the last three seasons. Matt Shiner would know how many blades of grass are in the six-yard box at Ibrox, I'm telling you. <laughs> Unbelievable, his knowledge no, of the Rangers. No, That's why those questions were fixed towards. I don't mind yeah. that. I don't mind being shown up. You don't need to apologise. It's our fault for not being good enough. Who's the best? I was not told about was getting questions too. Five minutes before I... Couldn't go on. <laughs> <laughs> Is Roger Hanna the best in beat the pundit? Aye, well, I think hands down. I mean, I feel sorry for him a wee bit. So he was like, I think he didn't lose in like two years. And it was just like, right, so we'll start, we'll start on I Like ridiculous, like just knows everything. And again, because it like, and it spans like, he, he could go from maybe 80s to now just encyclopedic. Um, didn't lose for a couple of years. So we started him on, on minus one every week. So just for a bit of fun, he, st- he, he starts on minus one. But then this year, some some guy on Twitter set up an account like, dedicated to basically keeping a league table of all the pundits and how they do and the win percentages and whatever. So I feel a bit for Roger Hanna because he has now lost twice and he's not top of the league, but he starts on minus one like, and none of the rest <laughs> of the guys do. So to be fair, Andy Halliday's been brilliant. He's, he's come in, he's played about 12 times and only lost once. So he's he's top of the league on his win percentage. But I think, to be fair to Andy, he's a humble man. I think he knows that if he went head to head with Roger, I think he would get he would get dealt with. But as the you know, it's a it's a, a results driven business. You can only beat what's in front of you and all the other football cliches. So he is top of the table. But my money would be Roger Hanna all day long. He is, he is, he's, he's quite knowledgeable and an open goal, Andy Halliday, when he talks about the game and things. It's not it's not the he's, kind of carry on about what they think when they start talking about serious food and Kevin Kyle's the same you think these guys are on these things for a laugh but see if it is Simon Ferry too see if he's sat and listened to them they, they, they'd certainly know there's not just in trivia as such but they certainly know their stuff about the game Andy likes his trivia like from kind of set, he'll admit as well certain things like obviously most things Rangers and then like kind of if you get the time frame right like kind of 2000s and stuff like that he's, he's bang on with stuff like that he doesn't like stuff really before and even like you find guys it's like the really recent stuff that's quite hard like see that like it's a great example see when you're saying about like so who get relegated 15 16 like I, I feel like i could i could have told you loads about that season and i know dundee united would have went down round about that time but mm-hmm. you think, was it that season or was it the one before or yeah. was it the one after? so actually being able to recall that stuff i think that's that's very difficult definitely we've got, we've got time for a few fan questions before we move on to the preview in the midweek games this is one I want to throw to you, Gordon, because I know that it's going to come up quite a few times in Super Scoreboard. Do you see a future for Barkas at Celtic next season under Eddie Howe? I find it so difficult to tell, right? But just because, and not because I think he's been anywhere close to good. I mean, everybody knows, like, it's been alarming to see a goalie who just doesn't make saves. Like, he just genuinely doesn't. And I don't think that's, like, that's not even been super critical, is it? I think the biggest, most optimistic Celtic fan, you would have to admit, you would say, right, tell me... A- even routine save, anything above routine that he's made, and I don't think he's managed it. <laughs> but how many times have you seen players who just go from like, you know, zero to hero by either just finding their feet, taking a bit, of time, maybe as a change of manager? So I think it would be, I think it would be wrong to like say, not no chance, done, never a future. But I would, I think I'd have to say, I'm, I'd be, I would be surprised, but never know. Wilson, what do you think? Do you know think it could be a thing as well? Like obviously, right now, a foreign goalkeeper is tough to settle in with the kind of difficulties of COVID and things like that. Yeah, but you know, just kind of 
highly repeat what Gordon said though it's, he's not done anything of note and I would imagine I mean I, again and this will come back and bite me I'm sure I don't think Eddie Hill will be the Celtic manager um, but I think whoever it's going to be is, is just because of the press of it all the first thing they'll be doing is out looking for a, for a goalkeeper so I would imagine whoever gets the job the first signing they'll make is going to be who they'll deem as a number one goalkeeper and I, I think Celtic will cut their losses and if they can get any money you know, for him, and he'll go back to Greece or somewhere else in Europe, then I think we'll be happy for both parties, to be honest. Why do you not think he's, how he's going to be the Celtic manager? Like, apart, all reports are that deal's done. I, I, I know, but how long have we been hearing this? I know. You know and, I, and I've said on this, this podcast loads of times, if Eddie Howe was still at Bournemouth, he, there is absolutely no way he'd be linked with the job. Eddie Howe's been linked with the job because he's out of luck, and he's a, a young, fresh manager. But uh, with the greatest respect to him, I hope he comes in and he does what Gerard's done and what young enthusiastic managers do and you know make Celtic a force at home in Europe. Great. But I, I just can't I just can't see it. I, I don't think I think Celtic at the moment needs somebody with a bit of persona, a bit of personality that's going to be able to handle the press, handle the media. And as I said on our chat the other night. I, I just don't think Eddie Howe's that that kind of person. I mean, he may be an unbelievable coach. But in terms of motive, Celtic are flat. Celtic are, are as well shutting the doors at Parkhead at the moment and because there's nothing seems to be happening. They've had that absolute calamitous season. You're looking at the squad and yes, there's some fantastic players there, but going by an outsider's point of view and watching their games, you're looking like there's 10 to 15 players that don't want to be there. Or if they do want to be there, they're not exactly putting in any effort to show even a new manager watching from afar or watching from the stands saying that I'd like to be a part of this Eddie Howe revolution. And I don't think he's the type of manager that can come in and motivate a dressing room. He doesn't look that sort of character now. Again, you judge a book by its cover. I think, and I know it's maybe not the done thing now, but I think Celtic need an old head coming in like a Martin O'Neill, like a Gordon Strachan that's going to not stand for any nonsense to, 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 uh, sorry for my language, kick a few arses and try and get them back to some sort of level because they're so far behind in terms of recruitment, personnel, players that want to be there. It's, it's, it's becoming a, a kind of laughing stock. And I'm sorry, I don't think Celtic fans are going to give Eddie Howe the same amount of time that Rangers fans gave Gerard to win the league. I don't think yeah. Celtic fans have got the patience to be going, right, OK, we'll give him two or three seasons, see if he can win the league. I, I can't see that happening. What are widely known as Neil Lennon's biggest strengths as a manager? Motivation, probably. So that, does that not prove that is, that's not Celtic's problem? Well, I, I think it became the, the player's problem because if, and I find that's to any level of football, See if, you're, see if you're not motivated, you're going to work hard, don't play, don't go and play fives. You, you don't turn up and play and think, I'm just going to stand and watch James McFadden today because he's so good. You're going to go and say, I'm going to work my balls off to try and make James McFadden or even keep up with him. That's my point. Anybody who's anybody who's worked under Neil Lennon at either Celtic or Hibs says he's unbelievable, man, motivating. Some of the stuff he says, his speeches, some of the wee gestures he does in dressing rooms, say he's unbelievable at that. So... I think, I don't know if it's a bit of a Scottish thing where we put a lot of emphasis on that sort of blood and thunder, kick some arses, get guys right up for it. There are some brilliantly coached teams off managers that don't look like they would say booty a goose, but they're brilliant and they're well-oiled and they, 
they, they know what they're doing. And I think a lot of it's kind of, I mean, take for instance, right? So take Rangers last year when they don't win any games. Tavernier is never a captain. He's hopeless. Look at him. I don't see him rallying MD. See now, he's, 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 oh, he's a brilliant leader. We, our, our, I think our notion of leadership is, a, is an interesting one because we, we, we as Scots, I think, still prefer that kind of roll the sleeves up, grab people by the scruff of the neck type leadership. And I think, like, just look across football, there's some brilliant coaches out there who, who are very quiet and don't look like they could motivate players, but there is more than one way of motivating. Motivating doesn't mean getting people up against a wall. If you can give players a game plan that they really believe in, that's all the motivation you need. But I think, I think, and I've said on here before as well, I think there's a psychology thing with James Taverne because he he has been bang average for three seasons or whatever he's been there, and then all of a sudden there's not 50,000 guys on his back who he's free to express himself and go I think it's a bit, I think it's a bit easier. I think he's been, uh, he's clearly been his best season, but I think he's been getting progressively better. I don't think he's just gone average, 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 boom. I think he's been getting progressively better. Um, I, th- I think it's, it's a bit easy because... Whilst I could never disprove that theory, we'll never know. We'll never know. We're living in this absolute unique season. So we've seen Rangers be better than they have previously been and go, oh, well, then that must be because the, the stadiums are empty. Who knows? Do you think, though, like, like a game, like, I know again, can I get back to Barkas, but see, like, obviously, we'll get into the midweek games, like Celtic play St. Johnson, Rangers play Livingston. Like, is that the time to... Can I experiment with players that you think are going to be there next year, Kers? Or do you think that is the, the time to kind of see who's... Like, there's two games that don't really mean a lot. Is, is this a chance to kind of see who's there for next season? I'm all about going fling the younger ones in. See what you've got there. See if they're good enough to, to step up with your last two games. But going back to, my, to the point about Celtic, I don't think... There have been two, uh, what's the word, would you say? He, he never knew his best 11. There was different systems. There was three at the back, there was a diamond. A diamond clearly doesn't work. I just think he, he's been so inconsistent at his personnel. Right? And it was, Neil Lennon was chopping and changing far too often for me this, you know, this season. Barkas, you don't know what's going to happen. A new manager come in might take a fancy to him. Again, it goes back to the key thing where you might say, go, you're getting around games, you're going to play 12, 13, 14 games. That's what it takes. Maybe the guy will step up, you don't know. I, 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 we had this discussion before, Scott. I don't think he's commanding enough. I don't, I don't think he's the answer. Uh, but with everything that's happened, I would agree with Mark Wilson on... Uh, James Tavernier, where he's not played uh, nearly anywhere the, the level that he has done when there's fans been in. You know, as a, as a, I can play with no pressure because he, 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 he struggled. I remember Gordon, you were saying there about he was buying average and and he, folk were saying that he was never a captain in it. And I, I actually thought that myself. But looking at him now, I mean, he stepped right up. And you've got to ask yourself, is it because he's playing with no pressure of fans rolling at every kick he, 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 or every mistake he makes? 
Or are Rangers I, better though? Or, or are Rangers just better? And therefore, or are Rangers just better, right? Or, or he's not, so he's not as exposed anymore because they've had three years working at a system that now functions much better than it used to. And now when he goes, people fill in in a more efficient way than what they used to. I, I don't know if that is the answer, but what I'm saying is people, it, why have why would we decide that, or it must be because of the fans, uh-huh. rather than these other possibilities. It's, it's been three years. Everybody knows, as you said, would Eddie Howe get the same amount of time? That's a, that's a fact. Three years. It has taken three years. So what's to say that this Rangers team hasn't now just been getting better and he and you're now getting the best out of him? Why is that not a possibility? Why does it have to be the fact that there's no well, fans? That's what I was going to say. Consistency was the word I'm looking for. Gerard knows he's favoured 11, whereas Lennon never had that. I feel whenever, ever, whenever I watch Celtic... They were chopped and changed. Personnel was different, and I said systems was different. I watched them with three at the back. I watched them with a diamond, and it clearly wasn't working. Where consistency, consistency is the key with, with Gerard. Where you know, you know what's coming out there. That eleven, you know, you know, a lot obviously goes into that because I mean we could do ten podcasts and I say that goes down to maybe not getting recruitment right. So you get you don't feel like you've got the right personnel to play certain positions. Celtic's yeah. lack of width this season has been alarming. Mm-hmm. Fullbacks, I, I just the, the fullbacks really, really struggling in that area. If you look at how strong they were a couple of years ago, and you know this yeah. bit, you know you're kind of keen to talk about that. I think, I think the ship sort of sailed a wee bit for Celtic. I mean, two games left. Yes, I suppose why not stick Karamoko Dembele in if you yeah. feel, and, and let's see whoever else sorrow. But because all, all, all you hear, all you hear is. There's great young players at Celtic and Rangers. Why no now? There's nothing to lose with two games to go. Rangers will obviously want, I think they'll want to now just get this unbeaten season, won't they? I think yeah. that's these things a wee bit. I'm not saying they're desperate. I think like it's not it's not the be all and end all, but once you're within two games, you probably want to just tick it off. So I'd be surprised if they went like proper experimental midweek. I would like to see Celtic do something. Two games left. Let's see Karamoko Dembele. Who knows? Stick Barkas back in for a couple of games. Play Sorrow again because I don't really think he did much wrong. I think most people. Nah, happy. I, I they, agree with you. I agree with you they, there. Thought they quite liked him. I mean, there are no fans in, so the, the sentiment of sort of giving Scott Brown the big send off when there's not even any fans there anyway. I, I don't know how important that is. My God, not a night goes by on Super Scoreboard when we don't talk about like why not give Lee Griffiths a game. The Euros is around the corner. Are Celtic going to trigger that extension? He might as well do something the next couple of games, but I think a lot of fans would have rather seen it six weeks ago yeah I yeah. think so as well we'll move on to the midweek games obviously we've got Livingston Rangers Celtic St Johnson a big game for third place between Aberdeen and Hibs but Wilson the bottom of the league's where I want to touch on with you Kilmarnock have a massive game on Wednesday against St Marin what do we think? Uh, I just hope St Marin are suffering from a hand and hangover to be honest um, I'd say they were I thought the game the Scottish Cup quarter final I thought Kelly were quite unlucky, you know. It came it came down to a an error of judgment from the goalkeeper and the fullback. Um, but as I say, again, and I've said before since he signed, if I think Kyle Lafferty probably keeps Kilmarnock up. To be honest, um, when they had that injury against St. Mon, yeah, we still went out and scored three goals without him. Um, but I think it's just the presence he brings and kind of uh, Tommy Wright's got putting balls into the box where he what he thrives on. Um, I see he looked a wee bit jaded against Mull. I know he had one of these protective boots on and he missed the St Mun game then the, the Saturday against Motherwell but I, I'll be, I, I know I know I hate sounding confident but I, I fancy Clark to beat St Mun on Wednesday if I'm honest um, 
and especially if Kyle Lafferty plays. So, again, you don't like being confident, but I think they will beat them on Wednesday night. What are you home for in the other game, Ross County Hamill? Uh, well, you're, you're, you're probably hoping for a draw there, to be honest, because um, I know if, if Ross County win, then that would be them, you know, finishing 10th. Um, but, as I say, so you're maybe probably looking for a draw, um, so you're not guaranteed in the, in, in the playoffs. Uh, so I would, I, would, I would take that. But, again, Ross County know if they win, um, then they'll, they'll, they'll be pretty much in the SPL next year. But, again, and Alan will laugh in six weeks' time when I say this, I fancy any of the 11th place team in the Premier League to beat Dundee or Wraith. I know that sounds a wee bit, you know, Wraith play well and Dundee have got some decent players and Charles Adam, etc. But I, I think I certainly Ross County and Kilmarnock, I think, would be too too strong for Dundee or Wraith. Gaz, I wish your thoughts, obviously, former Kilmarnock man. Um, I'm sticking my head on the line and saying they're going to they're do it. I just think... As Wilson touched on there, a fit Kyle Lafferty leading the line, putting boys into the box is the key, but they need to get the middle of the park right as well because I've watched several games and Dicker's not doing much for me. Uh, I just think they've been here before. So it's, it's not about football, it's about fighting. It's about getting, you know, out of that line. And I think they'll just have enough to beat St Mern. Obviously, with St Mern maybe having a, a bit of a hangover for this today. So, I am, I'm, I'm, like Wilson again, I'm pretty confident that they'll get it. So, fingers crossed. I'm, 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 I'm the same, Alan. I'm, I'm very surprised at how, I thought Gary Dicker was a really, really good commander player. And in this season, it's really just no happened for him. Yeah. Um, I think he's excellent at reading the game. He's a good passer of the ball, but, it's, it's just been a wee bit flat for me. Two, him and Power are too, too similar. And I think Power gets about the park a wee bit better. No no much better. But Dicker, Dicker's not getting about the park at all now. Mm-hmm. I know. That, that's worrying. <laughs> Aye. Gordon, what's your thoughts in the, the bottom of the league? Like, how, do you, how can you not you know, echo what the boys are saying about Kyle Laffery? I mean, come on, it's the up. It's the signing of the season. It has to be. I mean, look at... Kevin Nisbet's had a great impact. To be fair, kind of most, you know, most of the Rangers' success has come for guys that have already been there. So, St Mirren done a couple of good bits of business, but Kelly's the up. Kelly Lafferty, he's played a couple of months. He's got to be signing of the season. Um, I feel like last week, the last round of fixtures has confused me because I was like, ah, Kelly Lafferty's too good. There's too much firepower. Kelly stay up. I think he probably wasn't fit when they lose to Motherwell. The way the other results go. I keep waiting on. So you talk about Kilmarnock and Mirren. We're now St Mirren have got like literally nothing to play for. Like it's completely over. They're out of the cup. Kilmarnock have got all the incentive. Does that matter? I, I keep waiting on that mattering. And then, but I thought that would happen last time. You know, Motherwell had nothing to play for. Really, their season was over, and um, and, and managed to win relatively comfortably in the end. Maybe comfortably is a bit strong. Um, so, I do you know what? Hats off to. Us for all the, the stuff that we get wrong, I think this shows how good the split is. Now, I know it's not perfect. I know it I know it throws up like we fiction anomalies and stuff like that, and it, I'm not saying it's perfect, but just how exciting is this week? Imagine like, imagine Celtic were playing Kilmarnock. It just wouldn't be the same. You know, you've got these teams all needing to play each other. You're checking the other result is 
at half time and, and throughout the game and it's brilliant it's exciting no if you're a Kilmarnock fan or an Aki's fan or whatever right enough but for us then if you're just sitting back and watching the drama I'm really looking forward to midweek my, my only slight worry with it is um, and when Eamon Brophy left he got a wee bit of bad press from the Kilmarnock fans a wee bit just maybe the way it was conducted mm-hmm. or what happened back to he come on today and he's, he looks as if he's building up his sharpness and I can't see him being any shrinking, shrinking violet, sorry if he scores a 90th minute winner, you know. Uh, I don't think it'll be the respect for my old club scenario. Uh, it, again, we didn't really know what happened, but it just kind of left a bit of taste and you, yeah. see, you know what fans' forums are like. <laughs> um, but it was all very cloak and dagger, I felt. And as I say, when I'm coming on today, I thought, oh God, could he come back and bite us? I think you're right, though, by the way. I think you're right about the... I think every season, I think you've got to favour the 11th team in the top flight rather than whoever comes up for the championship. But I do think particularly this season as well, you know, I think the last time it happened was Thistle. Um, Livy beat Thistle, didn't they, in the playoffs? And I think the only other one is it is when Aki's beat Hibs on penalties. I think that's the only two where the championship team has has done it. Um, And... Thistle by that point were a shambles, like an absolute shambles. And we've seen now that Livy are just Livy, aren't they? They just, they just had momentum for like two seasons in a row, back to back promotions, kept it going. They were a bit of a freak show in a good way. Um, and I, I think there's still enough to like about the three teams that are down there. Added, and then added to the, the grueling schedule that the championship teams need to get through to, to, to succeed in it, I think it's already stacked in the Premiership team's favour anyway. So I'd be pretty surprised if one of them had to swap with Dundee or Wraith. Definitely. It's going to be a fascinating week. But I just want to thank Gordon for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to be on. I've really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. I can't believe we've been, I've been slaving nonsense for that length of time. Well, Scott, <laughs> can I just ask, ask Alan and Gordon just one more question? I know we've discussed this. I just, I'm looking just for a number. It's not a quiz question, Kel, so don't panic. <laughs> right. well, we'll include at the moment that John Kennedy is the Celtic manager, right? And no one's been relegated. So there's 12 SPL managers at clubs just now. Come August, how many do you think from the 12 will be the same managers? So have a wee think. We had this this a few months ago. And at the time, you know, long before it actually happened, we all agreed. We thought Derek McInnes would be away in the summer. We thought that would be his last season. Scott had a wee inkling that possibly Jim Goodwin would be in for a shout to go to Aberdeen um, as well. So 12, 12 matches, Gerard, Kennedy, Jack Ross, Stephen Glass, I would like to think is pretty safe. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Dale, Goodwin, Tommy Wright, Brian Rice, etc. We'll go with those 12. How many do you think of them will be managing uh, come August? Actually, I, I think it could be 11. I think Kennedy's the only one that won't be. I think Kennedy will be the Celtic manager. The, the yeah, other, I'm the, getting well. The others have the others have changed recently. So Alexander Wright, Glass, etc. Martindale is Mister Levy. He's not going anywhere. If if County were Brian Rice just got a new contract. If County, yeah. would, I think John Hughes would at least start the season, try and bring them back up. The two you're looking at. Will somebody ask Jack Ross the question? Will somebody ask Jim Goodwin? Maybe I Callum Davidson. We praised him earlier. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Do you Wouldn't think that... Tommy Wright would stay if Kelly were relegated? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. 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 I've got 11 in the same position, 12 with the staying at the club, because I think John K
Do you think so? Yeah, I think. Well, I think you'll be there. I think there's Club chef. <laughs> I think they're needing an absolute. Oh, total I, I totally no, I totally yeah. agree that they do. I just I just have this feeling that he's going to be that him and Gavin Strachan are going to be kept on in some capacity. Whether it's I know there was talk about like staying on an assistant and also director of football, which I just think would be a total. I just think that would be a total mistake. We had a caller in who ref, who referred to Gavin Strachan as iPad boy. <laughs> it just struck me as like being like. The worst superhero ever, iPad boy. And uh, I just stuck with me. I thought it was a brilliant line. And it's, again, by the way, back to what I said about like some of the perception. See if your team's winning. You don't even notice what the assistant yeah. manager has got in his exactly. hand. Exactly. You don't notice. You twitch on the telly in English Premier League. They all use iPads. But see, once you're losing, what the fuck are you doing with that iPad? It's just funny. That's the way we work in it. Uh, what, do you th- what do you think, Wilson? Do you think John Kennedy will be there in some capacity? Think or obviously, I know you don't want him to be because you've been saying that since October. But what do you think? Do you think it could be like? Well, again, again, there's there's so many theories going about. Has has Eddie Howe been offered the job, but he's been told he has to keep Kennedy in strike, and that's why there's a delay. Um, again, I I, I must admit, I, I, again, John Kennedy's been part of the recent success. Unfortunately, I I don't this season. I don't think. Well, it's a failure, of course it is, but. It's it's a thirty-eight point or forty-one point swing. It's not like they've, they've won the league by eighteen points last year and they've lost the league by three points this year. So top to bottom, you've seen Lowell go, you've seen Nicky Hammond go, you've seen Lennon go. Then you know I, I don't get what part of the puzzle these guys can can stay because the whole thing needs cleared out, as Alan said. Um, um I can't get my head around this, right? Chief Celtic come knocking on your door. Do you know bite the hand off? Regardless of what's went on and and how much money you're going to have to spend. It's a top club we're talking about here. You bite the hand off as far as I'm concerned. Why is it taking him, if, if it is him, Eddie Howe, why is it taking so long? If, I, if I'm a Celtic fan and, and I'm season ticket holder and all that, and I've spoken to Celtic fans have been in a group chat and that and surely it's went the length of time now you say right do one if you've not given me an answer do one get somebody else and I know who who is that other person I don't know but the length of time is it's not on really again I think I think it might have been on Super Scoreboard I had the, they heard the caller and I think the caller thought that the person that Celtic want is possibly still in, in his job and his contract with that club does not end until, say, the 30th of May and Celtic are, are waiting till then. I, I, anyhow, could be the biggest bluff that we've had. I'd be, I'd be I, mean, I, know, I know the press reports and Gordon, you'll have inside information, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe pretty much him. But you, I, I, don't, I don't get this, as you say. You know, I don't think Stephen Gerrard can have said... Right, okay, I'll, I'll come to the club, but I want Archie Knox there and I'll just keep the boys that are there. Gerard's Give me went, to think about it, aye. Exactly. Gerard's went, I'll take your job, but I want Gary McCarthy, Michael Beale, my doctor, my physio, my brain surgeon, whoever I need, and then I'll take your job. And then he went, right, okay, done. You go in and say, right, Alan, um, we'd like you to be the commander manager. Do you want to pick your own background team or do you want to take what's there? <laughs> I just take it. And then you deal with that. <laughs> oh. I mean, one of them's Marco. 
Day White. No, I leave it. I don't touch it. God so, bless your thoughts on it. Like, obviously, do you think it's going to be anyhow? Uh, yeah, purely because there, there is there, there is just absolutely no other name. I think I think it has to be. I think if I mean that's not to say it's definitely it's definitely going to happen, but I, I don't think we're at the stage because we're still you know Friday night it kind of comes back up again and we're still getting folks in. What about Jack Ross for the job or what about Stevie Clark for the job? I think for whatever reason it's taking too long. I think everybody can mm-hmm. agree it's too long, right? Yeah. Champions League qualifiers around the corner. There may well be what Celtic feel is a innocent explanation that yeah trying to get different pieces in place and whatever it may be and whether it's staff who are trying to come from Bournemouth and I, I don't really know whether it's that sort of stuff that you hear I think everybody can agree it's taking it's taking too long but that doesn't that for some reason that doesn't make me think it's not going to be Eddie Howe I just see if Celtic thought that Eddie Howe was going to had slipped through their fingers or was going to I feel like they would need to be doing more to get that out there because see if it's not him now it's going to look. It's going to look embarrassing, isn't it? I said. I keep mm-hmm. saying it, perception is everything. If, yeah. if Eddie Howe is not the Celtic manager, everybody's going to say, "Oh my God, that he was your guy, and you couldn't even land him." Yeah. So, so see if they see if they still weren't confident of getting him. I feel like they would have they would have to be putting stuff out there in the background to newspapers, to media or whatever, and, and trying to sort of throw them off the Eddie Howe scent. I, I just, I'd now be. I, I feel it's one of the strangest. They always call it a saga. It's one of the strangest ones I can remember where I can't believe it's taken this long, but I also still really think it's going to be him. And I, and I don't know how those two thoughts can coexist, but here we are. Definitely. But it's been an absolute pleasure to, to do this show, Gordon. Thanks very much for coming on. We've loved having you. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Wilson, well, Kelso, pleasure as always. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye.